What would you do if you were faced with the following scenario? You're on your way to work or to yeshiva that morning, and you're living in the midbar with Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron HaKohen, and things have spiraled out of control. You've noticed that people have started to sin with the Midianite women. People have started to serve Baal Pa'or Avodazara. There is wailing in the streets now from the massacre and the plague that is sweeping through the Jewish nation, quickly eliminating those sinners. People are dying left and right. Sinning is rampant. And the chutzpah you then hear or see on the front page of the Midbar Times that an individual walked up to Moshe Rabbeinu's desk and holding in his hand a Midianite woman said, Moshe, is this mutter or is this usser? Can I marry this lady? And he says to Moshe, and if you should tell me that it's usser, who permitted you to marry your wife who is not Jewish? The chutzpah, the Pesach itself testifies and paints a very vivid picture of what was going on. This individual marches up to Moshe's desk holding this Midianite woman presenting someone who he wants to marry to the eyes of Moshe. Everyone is crying. These individuals standing, the Rabbeim, the great Poiskim of the door are crying, unable to stop this mob. Rashi tells us that Hashem hid the halacha from Moshe Rabbeinu. So nobody knew what to do. If Moshe isn't going to pask and give a halacha, well then, what should we say? Do we know any more than Moshe Rabbeinu? And then, one man remembers the halacha, understands what needs to be done, He picks up his sword. He marches forth with totally pure Lishma intentions. And he destroys these sinners. He shishkebabs them. He makes a scene. He sets a tone, eradicating the evil. As the verse tells us, the Oyave Hashem, those that love the Almighty, Sinura, will they despise evil. Pinchas. Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron HaKohen, Vayaka Mitoicha Eda, Vayikach Reimach Biyado, he took his sword and he walked over to them, Vayidkar Eshnehem, Ish Yisrael Vesaisha. Unbelievable, Kiddush Hashem has been made. Pinchas has avenged the Almighty's honor. And just as fast as this volcanic chaos started to burst forth, well, as soon as this action was done and these sinners were erased, well then, just like turning the faucet off, this volcano of sin has now been turned off and things quiet down. Moshe Rabbeinu gets a prophecy telling him that that individual, Pinchas, he has saved the Jewish people and he has been kanoi es kinasi, he has stood up for my honor. I really wonder what we would do in a similar situation. It's hard to act if ones that are greater than we are don't act. It's hard to take such brutal 
action to really jump in and really trust one's own motives to do something so seemingly barbaric as killing two high-ranking people in the Jewish nation. But Pinchas, he did it. He's a Parsha named after himself, and his legacy is eternal. So welcome into this week's weekly Parsha podcast. And the goal here is to develop the Mida that Pinchas harnessed to save the Jewish people, a Mida that is going to be our catalyst for us to do full and true repentance. It's the Mida used by any person that has really springboarded himself to greatness. And in a weird way, this Mida seems to be at times misunderstood. So without further ado, let us begin. Now the first place to start is really the Ramban's commentary on the Torah when he tells us that, in fact, if Pinchas did not take this stand, if he did not act with such valor and zealotry to destroy and delete these sinners, well, this plague would have continued to destroy the Jewish people. It would have been the end of Klal Yisrael as we know of it. Says the Ramban, that in this prophecy that Hashem told to Moshe Rabbeinu about what Pinchas has just done, on the righteousness that he has done with the Jewish people and now everyone will not die in this plague. Pinchas saved everything. And what Mida did he use? What character trait has saved the Jewish people? Which Mida is it? The Mida is Givura, strength. One can only imagine the intestinal fortitude and Givura that Pinchas had to use to paskin halacha in front of his Rebbe Moshe, to then march through a crowd of people that did not want him to attack these sinners because they were involved in the sinning. And all Pinchas continued to do with his gevura is skip through, pull out a sword, and delete the evil doers. Gevura! And if God forbid, if at that moment... He would have displayed if Pinchas would have not channeled his Gevura, but instead been more of the Moirach Lev, the weak-hearted. Well, then there would be no more Jewish people to speak of. Perhaps we wouldn't even know of this story. And listen to this. Everyone knows how exacting the Torah is with its words. We learn out laws of Chayve Krisos, different punishments, myriads of halachos from the crowns and letters in the Torah. Papashas Pinchas gives us two full psukim to describe the background and the names of the Shvatim and the heritage of the sinners. Perik Chav Hei Pasuk Yodalad and Tesvav. 
Veshem and the name Ish Yisrael Hamuka, the one who was killed. Asher Huka Samidianus Zimri Ben Solu. Zimri was his name. Nasi Beis Av Onis from that tribe. This was his dad. Veshem Haisha. Now let's meet the woman Hamuka Midianus Cosby Basur Rosh Umos Beis Av Bidian Hu. Let's let's figure out more about her. And and Rabbi Ruchim points out the Torah is so machbed on its words. And Rashi actually initially points out what's going on here. Is this needed? And perhaps let's ask a question. And really, Rashi hints at this. To tell us more about the evildoers? Why tell their story? Let's move on and be done with them. Now listen to this. Says Rashi. And Dibur HaMascho Nasi Beis Av L'Shemoni Lehodia Shevacho Shel Penchas. Now these verses are here to tell you the praise of Penchas. She'af Alpi Shezeh Haya Nasi Even though this individual, these people, were high-ranking officials, famous Jews, Lo mona es atmo milakane lechilol Hashem. He did not hold himself back from avenging and wiping out this chilol Hashem. Lakach hadiacha kasev mihu amuka. Let us figure out all about how great these people were to show you all the more so that Pinchas didn't care. I don't care that you're the president, the vice president, the executive treasurer, whoever you are. If you're being mechalel Hashem, you're disgracing the Almighty. I cannot tolerate it. I use my strength. I use my gevura to delete you. It's definitely a lot easier to stick up for Hashem's honor if it's one's child. You know, you can give rebuke perhaps to a friend or someone maybe that you imagine is on your same level or beneath you, but to go up to somebody holier than you, someone who is more fancy, more important in the public eye than you, and to still stand up like this, to do something like this, takes a remarkable amount of givura strength. It's interesting. You find this in people who have gone down in history to have made these great decisions to stand up for Kiddush Hashem and to destroy Chilol Hashem, to become infused, to become overtaken with this sense of truth and Kedusha. And I wonder if that's what the Pasuk is hinting at in our Midrashim surrounding this word I know, but at the end of last week's parsha, it says, Vayar Pinchas, he saw, he saw something. And you see an individual who is just so consumed with doing what's right, doing it l'shema with such givura, and it truly saved the Jewish people. Now, it doesn't stop there. Indeed, if one is medayik Rashi well, it seems as though something shocking was done just to teach us this lesson. That same Rashi that we spoke about before, where people were crying when they didn't know what to do, and Moshe Rabbeinu forgot the halacha, Rashi says, Ella... It seems, or rather, why did Moshe forget the halacha? Kedei, the Almighty wanted it, in order, sheyavoy pinchas v'yitelas haroilo. The Medrash and Tanchuma tells us the Almighty made Moshe forget the halacha so that pinchas should and could come and take what's his by doing what is his obligation to do. It seems the Almighty orchestrated and manipulated the events to specifically bring out this teach teachable lesson. Givura, that a person has the strength, if he has the wherewithal to see what's right, to then stand up by himself and stick up for Hashem's honor. Ad 
that this lesson was so important that Moshe Rabbeinu needed to forget a halacha and everyone else doesn't do anything all to create the canvas and the playing field for Pinchas to show us this, to show us real zealotry, real givura, real strength. Now, Bezman Hazeh, I don't know if there's any sort of makom for us to apply such zealotry that Pinchas did. I don't see any gedolim who, even if they do witness sins in public, are going and stabbing people. Don't imagine that that would be the right thing to do, although I am no rabbi or posek. But the lesson of gevura and being intolerant of evil and building that intestinal fortitude filled with gevura to do what's right certainly is very practical and relevant today. There's a certain stigma, kind of irks me, when people will refer to either those that study the Torah or those that perhaps are more inside bookworms or people that like to daven a lot, that they're sometimes called pasty white yeshiva boys, or sometimes there's a little bit more, they're less tan, they're more inside, they're more, I don't know, skinny, perhaps weak, moirach leiv. But truthfully, they're not weak at all, at least a lot of them are not weak at all. Givura has nothing to do with physical strength, solidity, how much one can lift when he's bench pressing or doing his squats. That's not Gevura. Chazal tell us very clearly what Gevura is. Gevura is, well, Ezehu Gibor, who is strong. The Mishnah tells us pretty explicitly what is a strong person. Hakovesh es Yitzro. One who overcomes, he beats his inclination. Someone who can rise above the physical tendencies, the compulsions of the human body. Someone who has mastered the art of self-control, self-discipline. That's givura. That lesson is as needed and as true as it has ever been. This idea of mastery of one's mind, of one's heart, of real spiritual self-control and strength. It's the legacy of the Jewish people. It's what has saved us countless times. And in 2023, perhaps one or two takeaways of where we should be applying our gevura, this mita that maybe we don't talk about enough. Gevura when one wakes up in the morning. Shana shel shachra, sleeping in, can eradicate a person from the world. How much gevura does it take just to overcome the Yetzirah in the morning and I have a safer that actually is written just upon the importance of Yiskaber Ka'ari, waking up like a lion, Chazal tell us. A lion clearly represents Gevura strength. And how important is it? That first decision that we make in the morning is so much bigger than that. If we're to roll over and stay in bed for a couple more minutes, it's not just about the time wasted, but you've now set yourself up that you make decisions like a moirach leave, like a weak-hearted person. The motivation and the sequence of events and decision-making after that has got to be hindered because of your initial decision. But if one rolls his blanket up in the form, in the way that Rebbe Yashav used to do at 4 a.m., curl it up and throw it across the room and get up like a lion, well, imagine what type of positive motivation and hopefully consistency one can build up in his givura decision-making process.
How about this? I know this is a tough one for me and perhaps other people, but what if you're listening to a drusha from the Rav, the Rebbe, the Rabbi, any speaker, and they have 15 minutes, because you know Marv is supposed to start at 8.01, and now it's been 15 minutes, it's now 8.01, and he's still speaking, making his closing remarks. The audience is outraged. Nobody can can tolerate it. You had 15 minutes. It's time to dive in Marv. I'm now a minute late. Use Gevura then. Channel your Pinchas then to actually pay attention still for another minute. Gevura for the sake of Tyra because this Rav is probably educating and giving over some tasty Torah. Gevura. But I'm here to carry one specific message. One of Gevura and where exactly it is perhaps the most essential. And without it, really tasks will be left undone. It's a famous Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us that Yehuda ben Tema Omer, have a uz kan Omer, one should be as bold as a leopard, vekal kenesher, and as light as an eagle, Verotz katzvi, and one should run like a deer. Vegibor ka'ari, and be as strong as a lion. La'asos, to do ritzon avicha shabashamayim. The want, the will of your father in heaven. The graphic imagery here, pouring forth. I never really understood the comparison between humans and animals. But clearly, Chazal want us to learn one individual mida from each specific animal. And Rabbi Rucham makes an unbelievable diuk. I subsequently saw a similar idea from the great Chazoin Ish. And wow, please let me know your thoughts about what you think of this really motivating idea. Says Rabbi Rucham that these ideas, these four separate Mishal and parables, that one should be like these animals, are not in random order. But they are the exact sequence of what a person needs to accomplish a certain task. On a mission to accomplish something great, one should first be like a leopard and then like an eagle and then like a deer and then like a lion. And he explains, anytime you're taking on something great, you have such a brazen idea to make millions of dollars. Let's say something even greater. To really make a significant change in your life or to study a significant part of Talmud Bavli, that takes leopardness. That takes have a Oz Kanemer, specifically breeziness at the beginning, a jumping in. Maybe it is nuts to do or attempt this great feat. Brazenness first. Secondly, you got to move quickly. Or really, you got to move with... A lightness. You got to start setting things up. You have to jump in those first months of a business. Kal Kanesher. Those first couple days when it's very, very hard to get into this routine of this Torah session, this Torah study. Kal Kanesher. Then, Rutzkitzvi, start making progress. After that, this third quarter of one's commitment, start moving quickly, start pushing towards the destination to make sure that it is carried out swiftly. And lastly, uh, Lastly, how many times has a person found himself at the doorstep of success only to have it closed on his face for him not to emerge victorious? 
How much givura yiskaber ka'ari do we need to close the deal? How much givura, says the Chazanish, do we need to finish the Masechta? How many Masechtas and how many Sephorim HaKadoshim have we got until perhaps the last chapter, but then not finished? Givura is needed to close the deal. Strength to put a bow on this task and call it done. This is the Mita of Pinchas. And if we're really Medayik the Mishnah, we read it critically, we'll see that the Gevura needed to close the deal is not just in the mind or in the heart, but it is, as the Mishnah concludes, the Gibor Ka'ari be as strong as a lion. La'asos. To do la'asos reton avicha shabashamayim. To va'ikach roimach beyadu to pick up the sword and to stand up for Hashem and not to think that this is what's right to do. Oh, we really should step in here and stick up for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but to pick up the sword and to then say, let me close the deal la'asos reton avicha shabashamayim. To actually bundle one's blanket up, throw it across the room and get out of bed in the morning. To really tune in and listen to what the Rav is talking about, even though he's two minutes overtime, and now one's going to be a two minutes late on his drive home to go eat dinner. A Gevura paired with a Lassos, you're unstoppable. This is a very strong lesson from Pinchas. Without this Mida of Gevura, the Jewish nation would be no more, they would be extinct. The lesson of Gevura in the Almighty's eyes was so precious that even the great Raya Ne'em on Moshe Rabbeinu had to forget a halacha so Pinchas could step in to teach us a lesson in strength in Gevura. Gevura has always been the tool, the catalyst for the great ones. How much strength did Rebbe Yashav need? How much strength did Rebbe Aaron Leib need? Rebbe Chaim? How much Gevura did anyone who ever was accomplishing great things. How much Gevura did he need? It all comes from real internal spiritual strength. I imagine that there's something in your life that you're trying to accomplish. I imagine that there's something in life that you have already set out to accomplish it, and now it's still hanging in the balance. To close the deal, specifically, that is a place that needs such tremendous strength. So all of those tasks that are still up in the air, Use your givura to close the deal. Use your strength, your givura, to stay focused when you've already had some kavana and shmona esrei, but now you're up to the last bracha. One can kind of relax. Maybe um, you know, it's still not in front of the Almighty. Whatever the rationale is, no. But givura, 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 to close the shmona esrei on a high and givura when you have one page left of your mesechta. To be able to get over that hump and say, Hadran Allah Masechta Zu. The lesson is very clear that we should channel our inner Pinchas to do La'asos, to get it done. Ritzon Avicha Shabashamayim, the will of our Father above. So stand up, grab your sword, show your grit, your determination. Your intestinal fortitude. Show your strength, your self-control, your disdain, and your opposition to the Yetzirah's tricks and physical compulsions. Show your 
Givura. <laughs>